opportunity to introduce you to my research. So, um, yeah, what I'm talking about insights into the development of well-being is a very long run, nutritional status in prehistoric and historic times. And um, the central fact on which my study is based on is that net nutrition or nutritional status and thus final mean height is a cumulative output of the net nutrition history of a population are reliable indicators for living conditions and welfare, as you all know. And um, these facts are of particular interest for periods for which um, reasonably statistically uh, quantifiable data are scarce on the one hand, and for which sources and other measurements of welfare are simply not available, means in particular the archaeological periods. And um, so, no, it's not working anymore. Um, correspondingly, um, I applied the anthropometric approach in order to deal with the desideratum of a real long-run study on the living standard in Europe in the course of the approximately last 2,500 years. And um, more exactly, I studied the development of net nutrition in Western Europe um, from the 8th century BC until the 18th century AD. And the focus lays here on the temporal changes, the regional differences in the three major European regions, means Mediterranean, Central, Western, and Northeastern Europe, and the determinants for these changes and um, differences. I got my height data mainly from skeletal remains from the excavated cemeteries. And um, there's a problem that the, the, the material I got, the high constructions, um, uh, are, um, which I got from the, from the primary database, um, uh, are based on various regression models because the um, anthropologists who um, work on the, the date, skeletal data on, on each cemetery use other different models. So the first thing I had to do is to develop um, some standardizing algorithms to make the data comparable. And so in the end, I was able to compile over 18,500 individuals from nearly 500 sites in Europe. So it's possible to subdivide in the already mentioned three major regions. Uh, and um, yeah, but it, it's, not, it's, it's a um, better regional resolution is unfortunately not possible in the moment, but at least we have these three regions to compare. And the other point is that the temporal resolution is only allows for like burst cohorts of 100 years um, because, or due to the dating issues of the archaeological material. So uh, anyway, one has to keep in mind that um, there are always uh, various uncertainties uh, inherent to any study of archaeological periods due to the very low number of observations and, and other um, problems with the data. And concerning this current study, um, one of the possible problems was, for example, that my, uh, varying burial customs might result in a biased data stemming uh, in particular from the bone material or uh, from the cremations. <coughs> and there's uh, also the mentioned problem of dating the graves and therefore the uh, bone uh, material precisely. But um, for the, um, 
those cases I controlled um, for a possible bias by marking the relevant observations with an uncertainty dummy. Um, and the results do not differ uh, whether I exclude or include those um, observations. Moreover, the compiled data can be taken as representative as they are randomly distributed all over Western Europe and uh, from the different social levels. And another big plus is it was a scalable material in contrast to like the more recent centuries where you mainly have a, a prisoner data which is male-based and in particular um, recruit data. The skeletal material also has a representative amount of female bones. And last but not least, due to the large amount of data, possible errors are also averaged out, and therefore um, a reliable study is possible, and the data allows insights and testing of hypotheses concerning the development of the real long run. <coughs> so, um, if we look at the overall development um, over time, first of all, we can see that not much happened. Nevertheless, there is a slight increase uh, which took place in the course of the centuries prior to Industrial Revolution already. And um, so what you can see here is um, that the, the green line, which is Northeastern Europe, always moves on the top level, um, which is, um, yeah, fits together with the, with the idea we have that, that you have a low population density in the north um, and um, that, you get, that you have a high cattle share and things like that. And it, interestingly, the only uh, the, the um, here you have a kind of I mean it's only one date uh, one point, but still this decrease in the 17th century might be explained by the Little Ice Age, which affects Northern Europe more than the other regions, and uh, also perhaps the 30 years war. Can Can I just ask you when we're looking at minus four and the red dots? Is that is that represented by classical Greek? No, no, only Western Europe. So no Greek, this is like uh, the Western Europe. Um, so mainly Italy, a little bit um, Southern French data, Spanish and some um, former Yugoslav Croatia. And yeah, so um, the, the, red, the orange line is the Mediterranean Europeans and the green, the, the blue line moving in between are the central western European heights. Yes, so then western when we're looking from about zero to three or four, also looking at the Roman Empire? What we are looking at the Roman Empire is this, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, if, you, if you look into this, well, there's a uh, more uh, yeah, uh, temporal development in more detail. Um, what is interesting is this is extreme decline in the first century AD, uh, BC, sorry, which is confirmed by other studies as well. Um, who, uh, as a one other study actually, because there is no, not more, um, which um, can be explained by various different factors, but the most important one is probably that in the first um, century AD, the really the, the from there was a change from the Roman Republic to the to the Roman Empire and there's this extreme in um, like the real start for the Roman expansion uh, and there's also an um, extreme change in, in um, the agriculture um, away from from um, animal production to uh, in very increased cereal, um, 
serum production or there is uh, because to, to feed the, the uh, Roman masses um, there was a clear change to um, mainly cereal food um, and then there's also other aspects for example which is which co uh, what comes with the Roman occupation um, other than probably uh, simply the, the military impact is there are other cultural things like uh, for in particular lead consumption increased extremely and it's not only that you have the water pipes uh, being lead, uh, from lead but also um, you have it in uh, toys you have it in jewelry you have it in uh, like a substance in creams so lead is everywhere and lead has definitely a, 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 a research on, on modern times show um, a significant negative impact on height development or growth and therefore height. The other interesting thing is that you have this stagnation um, in, the, in the main um, centuries of the Roman Empire and also Central Western Europe was um, part of the Roman Empire and there you, which is even more astonishing in the first, at the first look is this, that you have this, this increase, uh, sorry, decrease in the mean height in the 2nd century AD, which is actually the economic heyday of the Roman Empire. So, um, and then, but if you, if you think about it in more detail, you have, of course, an increased urban rate, for example, <coughs> and therefore probably a negative impact on the overall height development. But I'll come back to this in more detail. The other interesting thing is that after the breakdown of the Roman Empire, you have a remarkable increase in mean height in the Mediterranean European height series. And um, also, which, which is also kind of interesting, is that because of the migration period, obviously the, 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 the uh, um, uh, living conditions equal out. And so um, Northern European Central Western European and Mediterranean are all the same height level. And then later on the, the, the environmental living conditions change again a little bit because already in, in uh, the early medieval ages in, in uh, Mediterranean Europe you have a higher urban rate for example than in Northwestern or Central, um, Northeastern or Central Western Europe. <coughs> Um, it's it, it's uh, it's quite constant. So um, yeah. Um, so there's a limited selection of potential determinants that are testable for this periods under study. And these uh, are some of the variables for which uh, various studies on more recent centuries, and the, in particular 18th, 19th century, um, found an effect um, on, on the height development, and uh, for which accordingly I, I would assume that um, here also impact is possible. So uh, first of all, the milk consumption. Uh, if milk consumption increases, one would expect um, positive impact on the height development because first of all the protein and vitamin rich milk are found to be uh, particularly important uh, for mean height and health and moreover in particular for centuries prior to the introduction of refrigeration 
um, there was found a um, direct effect of the proximity of uh, and local supply of milk um, because it simply it was untradeable. And in order to test the effect of milk consumption on the long run, I compiled two archaeological data by King and others. Uh, those are approximately two million uh, bones from 415 European settlements. And um, I used the share of cattle bones in uh, percent of the ratio of the total share of large domestic animals, means cattle, pig, and sheep and goat as one group. Um, in order to estimate the relative importance of the cattle within husbandry. It's no, no absolute values. So uh, let's have a look to the development of cattle shares. It's again, the orange line is Mediterranean data, the blue is the Central Western, and the green the Northeastern Europe. And it mainly fits to what we would assume that um, the, the cattle share in Mediterranean Europe is um, much lower than in particular, northeastern Europe, <coughs> and um, unfortunately, I don't. I had no chance to com compile any data for the centuries from 980, uh, 9th century AD onwards for Mediterranean and yeah. No, can I just? You're probably coming onto this, but what about other animals, like goats? The problem. This is. This is. I. I have the the cattle share as a as percentage of the total of large animals. So goats and um, uh, sheep are in comparison. And the interesting thing is that goats and sheep don't really change. Um, other than what, where is, whereas cattle and pig are kind of going like with a mirror. I don't know the English word. Like it's it's really the opposite direction. If cattle share increases. Um, poor, uh, yeah, uh, uh, pigs are decreasing, and um, this, in particular, for the Roman uh, period um, or, or Mediterranean Europe, it's uh, it's um, really remarkable because this is what um, the ancient authors write that um, it was uh, seen as completely barbaric to consume milk, in particular, and the, even the rich strata um, consume pork if they consumed any meat. And um, so, whereas the, the uh, Central Western Europeans and Northeastern, they really had a very high milk uh, product consumption. <coughs> and so, yeah, so you have, you have this uh, rather remarkable decrease also uh, during the during Roman Republic already. And, um, So um, then concerning climate change is um, that we have temperature data and um, if temperature increases, one also would um, expect a positive effect um, as correspondingly a negative effect on the agricultural production and husbandry was shown for the 18th century AD in times of cooling and moreover in pre-industrial periods um, an adaption of agricultural production methods was only possible to a very small extent because we have no fertilizers and stuff, no chemical fertilizers which really are helpful. Um, and in times of warming, food production was also facilitated um, as harvests harvest and animal protein production is um, easier in Central Western Europe and Northeastern Europe in particular. And the data I got is our estimations of temperature and 
the problem is that there's only data available on the overall nor northern hemisphere. Um, this is uh, the, the newest um, height series, uh, sorry, um, temperature series is by Manuel Jones. And um, they, they already compiled very serious, but this is a, the newest one. And this unfortunately only starts from the third century AD. So um, there's a, there are height series which are done for 30,000 BC, but um, uh, no, no data for my uh, little closer um, temporal resolution. Um, for the long run, one would expect a, also a positive effect if land per capita increases because of the more beneficial conditions due to an increasing marginal labor productivity, which means simply more food per person, as a, as a per food supply per person, um, if the population density is lower. And in addition, it generally implies a more favorable disease environment. Moreover, expanded milk consumption, uh, cattle husbandry is possible. And um, for example, there's also it's it's not necessary to um, expand the settlements in regions which have uh, like, like um, for example less fertile soil or something, which is necessary. You have you have this expansion of of population if you have a higher population density. <coughs> so in order to test the potential effect. I utilize estimations of population, population density after McEvity and Jones and Bob Allen and, and others. Um, if you look at the development of the population density over time, um, despite the naturally rather rough estimates, we can see that there's a gradual increase in all of the three regions um, with a kind of swell, um, again, in, in uh, the Roman times. And um, after the, the decline of the Roman Empire, again a um, reduction, and then like a steady increase onwards from the 9th century, um, with exception of the 14th, 13th, 14th century, which is due to the plague and, and the Great Famine and stuff, things like that. But um, interestingly, there's not not a huge decline, but more stagnation, um, and then this very rapid. Um, increase afterwards. <coughs> so um, concerning um, an increase in the urban rate, one would expect on the other hand uh, of course a negative impact due to the associated factors such as uh, uh, cramped housing as well as due to bad sanitary conditions and uh, the like agglomeration of uh, like uh, disposals and stuff and, and simply the um, rather unhealthy um, living conditions in urban settlements or urban-like settlements even and um, then also of course an easy spread of diseases um, and moreover a malign uh, supply situation as the inhabitants are separated de facto from uh, untradeable goods. Sorry, I don't understand that point. <coughs> Which one? Separated from untradeable goods. Um, because if you if you are in, in the in the in the like in particular again the Roman um, cities, there's re they, they supply the, the they, they trade stuff in there, but uh, you don't have the again the, for example the fresh milk because this is simply you can't transport it very far, and so there there's um, it's better if you are somewhere on the countryside, and have a kind of subsistence 
um, economy. <coughs> this is, by the way, what was something which I forgot before. The Roman Empire is the first time that there's no subsistence economy anymore. There's lots of lots of um, people like the old administration, the military, and the huge urban settlements are supplied with food, and there are real there um, different kinds of workers, handicraftsmen, which are spe specialized in this production, sell their stuff, and um, buy food for it. But there, so there's, uh, and this of course has also a negative impact. Probably, I, I would assume. <coughs> yeah. So um, here again the Bob Allen data and by Rachel Federico Malanima. So the development of urban rate um, is somehow similar to the one of uh, the picture we got for for um, the population density. Um, there's this rather pronounced um, increase during the Roman time, of course only in Mediterranean Europe, to some extent also in, in the Central Western Europe. Um, and you have in Central Western Europe, even before the Roman occupation, you have, or the official Roman occupation, you have a slight increase already because um, the Celtic tribes had real uh, urban-like settlements. And there's also that the, the Romans um, created so-called emporia, means trading posts in the not yet occupied regions, which also really were organized as urban-like settlements with a high population density included by a wall. Yeah, and then after the Roman Empire, or with the, with the transformation to the early Middle Ages, you have again this uh, pronounced decline, and then the constant increase. Then um, concerning the expansion of the Roman Empire, um, I already in indicated that there are various aspects which would presume that there, or let us assume that there's a negative impact. Anyhow, also a positive impact could be possible for both the mother country as well as the newly occupied regions um, in the heartland because there might be an additional food supply and natural resources and labor force from the new provinces. Um, but of course, also there might be a negative impact, the case due to the worsening conditions due to the military under arms. And for the occupied regions, there's also a positive or a negative impact possible. Um, first of all, because it depends on the region, how the, 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 the occupation policy was and then there is the aspect of new technologies like terme and water supply and infrastructure and also an increased trading net and market integration which can uh, is under discussion which effect it might have. I would assume that all of them have more negative impact than other way around, but we can discuss this. Um, mm -hmm. And um, then as I already mentioned, factors such as uh, increased demand of a large amount, uh, like uh, demand for food for large amount of uh, new residents coming to the to the provinces because you have an extreme uh, um, like move or a uh, high move of uh, or like lots of people moving to the provinces uh, because of the military, but not only. But there is also a lot of traders and all the administration. So um, the population density is extremely increasing, and therefore. Also, with, the, with the, in particular the traders and the military moving around, you have a um, un 
uh, until then, uncomparable uh, circulation of, of pathogens. And there's, for example, in the in the um, second century AD, there's a um, so-called Antonine plaque, which uh, Blake, Blake uh, which started in Persia and was spread over the whole Roman Empire by the military. So, unfortunately, the only possibility to measure the Roman impacts, overall Roman impact in the moment is to create a dummy for the centuries and the regions uh, affected. Um, but at least it gives an idea. Then the next point on the list was were the cultivation methods. And here the only thing I can control for are three field rotation, also the introduction of three field rota uh, rotation, because this is something what really happened during the course of my study period. So really a spread starts from the 11th century onwards, whereas all the other um, um, decisive cultivation changes like introduction of, of uh, um, proper tools and, and all these things only happen um, in the 18th century onwards. So the assumption is, of course, that if three-field rotation um, is introduced, there should be a positive effect, or I expect a positive effect, as it results in enhanced food production and due to the enlarged agricultural output on the one hand, because we have the, the also um, not only more food, but also the uh, reduction of risk factors. And um, then also, in addition to the agricultural part, also widen provision of additional livestock further, and therefore, again, uh, increase in milk production. This is, uh, again, I uh, only had the chance to generate a dummy variable um, in order to uh, measure the impact. <coughs> um, then for an increasing or worsening disease environment and war and prosecution, um, it, it, it depends again. Of course, in the short run, you definitely will have a negative impact. But if you look in the long run development, there might be a positive impact because the surviving people simply um, have more food supply, have a less population density, and therefore better health conditions. Um, so, but this is again, that I only uh, were able to control this for, uh, uh, with a dummy variable. And then last but not least, higher gender-related inequality did probably have a negative impact on the mean height development as discrimination results in worse living conditions for the females. And this affects uh, then, of course, not only the daughters, but also the sons. So. Um, I would assume a negative impact, and uh, I measure the gender-specific inequality as a relative stage difference from the data set. So, um, to summarize the hypothesis, here's the list again, with the assumed impact of increases, just what I said now in the, in the in summation. And in order to test which of this potential um, variables actually really have an explanatory power for the long-run development of mean height. I applied um, panel data analysis on the level of the three major European regions. And here you can see the results of some of the conducted uh, regressions. And these are um, weighted least square estimates with the... With, oops, sorry. <laughs> um, 
um, so the so original dummies, which are like equivalent to fixed effects, and period dummies um, to control for any intertemporal heterogeneity. And I, I, I don't know whether you can, I hope you can read this. Um, the, the interesting thing is, here in the first model, I included all the variables. But uh, as, I, as I said, um, because the, the uh, temperature increase, I, I, or temperature data is only available for the third century onwards, I... Are these both males and females? Yes, they are they pool. Um, so that I, I include all the data. But I control for the, the gender differences. Um, and what you can see is that the warming actually has no statistically significant impact. And the other interesting result is here if you, if you um, not control for cattle share and um, also uh, population density uh, or land per capita, um, the Mediterranean European dummy actually is statistically significant negative means the, the uh, Mediterranean Europe's, uh, Europeans were um, smaller in mean height. Um, but as soon as you um, control for cattle share and um, land per capita, this statistical significance is gone. So um, there we had other models also um, um, it, it, uh, for, for, for Northern European data. <coughs> so it's, uh, this is an uh, indicator that um, really the, the uh, environmental living conditions and as we see in other models later on, in particular, the cattle share makes difference in the mean height in, uh, between Mediterranean and Northeastern Europeans. And, um, but it's only 0.5 of this millimeter, half a millimeter, isn't it? I'm just looking at the cattle share effects. Yeah. It's only a, yeah, yeah, I mean, and now it's, of course, but it, at least yeah. it's, it has a, a it, it ha, ha, is of some importance, I mean. I mean, this is, this is anyway, again, the, uh, the problem of the archaeological data, that it's rather walk. But, I mean, if even with the walk data there is a statistical significance, sure. then it must be really important. Sure. Um, and um, correspondingly, in the, in the models here, oops, um, I, here's your um, you, uh, control for the urban rate, which has a statistically significant negative impact. And um, in this model is the, the, sh the Roman impact control, which also has a rather remarkable statistically significant impact. So um, here's a, uh, coming back to the list of the potential variables <coughs> showed before here as an actual result. And as, as expected, there's a positive impact for the higher milk consumption and the negative one for the urban rate increase and moreover I also found um, a negative impact as just shown for the integration into the Imperium Romanum um, but for the other determinants I didn't find any statistical significant effect and um, in particular for the variables on, on the disease and, and um, yeah, uh, the, the cultivation methods the uh, uh, explanation simply is that my, da my data is, or my, my variables are much too rough and warm. Can you give us just an idea mm -hmm. of how much shorter you would be if you were integrated into the Roman Empire? 
compared to being urban, compared to being toward my milk consumption? Which are the biggest yeah. effects? Um, this, uh, I have problems to, to um, get back to the table. I don't you know with how to work that I don't have to do the same procedure. It was 1.43 centimeters for the Roman impact. 1.4. And the urban was uh, 0.2 something, and um, the cattle was what you just mentioned, this very small 0.05. Thank you. Ah, thanks. Perfect. So, this is the Roman impact, and the urban, and the positive impact for for cattle sheep. Um, And um, yeah, and, uh, and the other finding that the regional height differences in particular are determined by milk consumption. And other explanations for, I mean, except for the dummies, which as I just said, are probably simply very walk and therefore uh, it's not a big thing that's, that they are um, insignificant. Um, there are some additional explanations for, for in particular land per capita and climate. So for the land per capita um, variables possible, additional reason why it's insignificant. First of all, uh, because simply if you look at the very long run, you have this extremely low population density in this, in particular in the centuries before the Roman Empire. And so it simply probably doesn't really make a big difference whether there are some people more living in the same region. And it only becomes, and this is actually um, interesting, if, if I uh, only control for the centuries from the 9th century onwards, where you have this a really remarkable increase in population density, then actually it becomes statistically significant negative. Um, and the other thing also, which is in the long run, uh, might be a, 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 an aspect, is that you have kind of equalizing effects. Main, can be Malthusian or Bozeropian, this I can't say in the moment because of the really bad temporal and regional resolution. But it's mainly if you have Malthus saying um, there are uh, so, uh, um, uh, good living conditions, therefore people are more fertile, and um, the before low population density increases, corresponding you have uh, worsening living conditions, therefore fertility decreases and population density decreases, and then you have uh, again better conditions, and so you have this kind of wave. Or in case of, uh, if you think of course, a European explanation, that you simply say, pardon me, with an uh, increased population density, you ha have also increased enhancement in technologies, uh, like kind of leveling out uh, the negative impact. But I, I can't tell it here. Um, and um, concerning the climate data, this is first of all that it might be, uh, that one of the points definitely is that it's uncertain data, because there's like you have this different um, um, uh, uh, temperature series, which all vary, and it's simply the question which is the correct one, and moreover, um, also that it's in inadequate data, and first of all, because temperature might um, simply not be sufficient <coughs> to measure climate effects, because first of all, precipitation certainly is also important, in particular for harvests, and we have no information on that. Then the spatial resolution means there's a, um, a regional differentiation would be very necessary because you can't simply say northern hemisphere as one thing. 
in, uh, if, if you have the um, uh, northern, as a, um, the now, uh, northern atmospheric oscillation, um, then you have, if you have warmer conditions in Canada, uh, in Europe, uh, uh, the weather's uh, uh, climate conditions get colder. So it's it's simply a problem here. And then um, also um, what also uh, come into account probably are simply short time um, variabilities. Because if you think of a one frost day, sometime later in spring, and your, your whole harvest is gone, and you can't measure it in this 100 years solution, of course, if you have like two or three years in, in a row destroying the harvest, but it certainly have a would have a negative impact. And then, last but not least, of course, is also possible that there's really a weak relationship, uh, mainly because you have this kind of uh, overcompensation of temperature effects and other factors. And this is an example which is um, most remarkable in my data series is that you have uh, this migration period climate pessimum, but um, due to the obviously positive consequences of the decline in the Roman Empire, this is equaled out. <laughs> I have a thought, <coughs> which is that your harvest failure might be uh, testable. And you were talking about variance in the data. If you get more, if you get that kind of local variance, I mean, it should show up in perhaps in variance in the in the stature data. Mm -hmm. So, given that you show no changes in variance, you yep. probably eliminate that possible explanation. Mm -hmm. Just a thought. Okay, that's a good point. So, in conclusion, we can state that it's the first time in anthropometric research to get this really long-run development of mean height in Europe. Um, the data is a collection of more than 18,000 observations, and we've found that there's no important change um, in this course of the 18th century until the 18th century um, AD, it's only it says there's a slight increase in the course of the complete study period of uh, approximately 0.5 centimeters per thousand years, which took place. And um, however, there's there's this uh, alteration of better and worse conditions, and um, the statistically insignificant. Uh, determinants for this long-run development are climate change and land per capita, whereas uh, determinants of statistically significant impact were the positive effect of higher cattle share and the negative impact of the Roman rate decreasing and uh, the Roman impact. And then uh, the, the, the last but not least that the cattle share was comparably small in Mediterranean Europe and that this explains mean high differences in comparison to Northern Europe. Yeah, and my, my final statement that it's uh, kind of being so one-eyed within the blind that it's rather vague, but at least we get more information than only sticking to the archaeological data and the interdisciplinary research helps a lot. Thanks. Cool, thanks a lot, Nicola. Um, that was really interesting, and, and particularly the amount of data you managed to get over that kind of period.